The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you on behalf of IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Emily Spear, is a successful businesswoman who has had a deep and lifelong spiritual practice. A few days after the birth of her twin daughters, unforeseen medical complications resulted in a life-changing near-death experience. Her vivid account of an eternal, graceful, and all-encompassing love is filled with insights on how to cultivate a heavenly experience within the day-to-day world of humanity. In the midst of this life-changing event, Emily made a promise to share her experience of divine love in order to help others on their own journeys of inner healing, awakening, remembering, and merging with their higher self. Emily, welcome to NDE Radio. Oh, I thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, this this I'm I'm I've been really looking forward to this show. Emily, the reason you're alive today has a lot to do with a commitment you made with a twin daughter, uh, an old soul who is now named Cora, even before she was conceived. So let's begin with the story of how that all-important deal you made with Cora took place. (laughs) Yeah, so I got married a little bit later, and so my husband and I were wanting to start our family, and we needed some extra medical help, support at the time. And during that time... I had a couple of souls that seemed to hover around me, and one in particular kept talking to me. She wasn't sure she wanted to be born because what she saw in the world was a lot of suffering. And I said to her, oh, but you have a gift and you could help people, and I'd be happy to be your mother. And she said, okay, I'll come as long as you're my mother. Mm. And then she was born. Along with her sister. <laughs> <laughs> who is Sonia, who is, as you said, a younger soul and, mm-hmm. uh, and more up for it with fewer conditions, I guess, placed on, on the birth. Well, I think that's wonderful. I have heard of other cases of, of mothers being contacted by their children-to-be. Uh, but this, this was a special one because it determined the rest of your life. Um, so tell us... Um, a little about what got you into the hospital and the, as your blood pressure was falling and, and your heart rate was slowing and, uh, and then what happened? So the girls were born and they were healthy and we all went home for a few days. And then about eight days later, I started to have some internal bleeding that wouldn't stop. So that's what got me back to the hospital. And when I got there, I I saw some familiar faces, especially the nurse that was with me. Um, She was there when the girls were born, and she was also there at this time when I came back. So that was nice to have familiar faces. But what happened was, is nobody really understood why I had this internal bleeding and didn't really know how to stop it or to do anything but to just try to, you know, keep my blood pressure stabilized. But at one point... Um, I could see everything started turning white. The colors, um, the numbers on the clock started to disappear. And 
I looked at my nurse, Tercy, and I said, everything is turning white. And she held onto my shoulders and said that she wasn't going to lose me. And they dropped my head. But at that point, I knew I really couldn't do anything except to go into a state of meditation. Mm. And so that's what I did. I went into a meditative state of mind. Now, I think you said that um, as, as this phenomenon was taking place and, and, and this uh, white light was, was entering, you began to see a bright iridescent strings attached to each person's head? Yes. So that was uh, a curiosity of mine. I started seeing like a silver string from each person's head and it went upward. I couldn't see where it went to, but I did see that some of the strings were more vibrant than others, and they had a pulsation to it. And so in some ways, I was just curious about that string and started to lift up out of my body at that moment. I felt very lighted. And um, I ended up landing into a little space. It was like a movie theater. And I was just sitting there watching a movie. And I didn't realize that that movie, I was the star, <laughs> the star <laughs> actress of this movie. And um, it was a life review. I saw my family. I saw my friends. I saw strangers. And all these interactions in which I was partaking in. And what I was being shown was like a subconscious underlay of my life. And I could see how a simple smile to a stranger actually changed the direction of their life. And then I also saw other times when I wasn't as conscious, and I may have had said something hurtful, that that actually I could feel that. I could feel that other person's pain. And so I was being shown what my life was really all about. And I wanted to learn more. At the end of that, I really wanted to know how to love better. I just felt like I could have done better. You know, like, oh, man, if I had known that then, I wouldn't have done that. And at that moment, as I was just being you know, curious about what is love and how can you love more, all of a sudden, it was like I was shifted and moved over into this other space. And it was like I was landing on a bank of, of a lake, on the edge of the lake. And I had a sense, um, I had a presence about me. But really what I felt like was like a cloud. It's almost like you could put your hand through my body. But it was very iridescent. It was very light. And this is where our my core experience started to happen was at the bank of the pool. And were there any other beings around at this point? I didn't feel any other beings, but what I did feel was this enormous love, this amazing all encompassing presence around me, but I didn't see um, any other images of, of people that I may have known or recalled. It was much broader than that. And when I was at the, when I was sitting at the bank, I was just being like a curious kid. And I just said, oh, hello. What else am I going to do <laughs> <laughs> sitting here at this bank? And when I said hello, 
it was like these little ripples came out of the pool and it came up and met my hello and they merged together and then dissolved back into this pool. And that had my curiosity going as well. I had never seen that, but actually it was almost like my thoughts had energy with them. And so feeling kind of playful at that moment, I actually put out a thought of playfulness and joy and energy like dancing. And so I could see my energy come out towards that pool and the pool actually came up in this very joyful manner and started to dance with my energy thought with me. And they were very similar. It was almost like a mirror image of each other. And it, they merged together and then dissolved gently back into this pool of peace. And then there was this wave, like an air, like a little breeze that came right through my, my, my um, soft body of just complete joy. I had never experienced that amount of joy. It was unmeasurable and just felt complete and totally happy. And I thought, well, geez, maybe I'm in heaven. And isn't this a wonderful place to be? But then there was a part of me that said, oh, goodness, if I'm in heaven, am I sitting with God? Is God in this pool of peace? And then there was this little part of me that's like, oh, I better be a good girl, right? Got to show my best in front of God. (laughs) (laughs) And I I had those thoughts, but then at the same time, I also felt incredibly safe. I was safe and I felt innocent, like a childlike innocence came over me, like I could do no wrong, that there was no, no one judging me here as far as what's right or wrong or good or bad. And so I was really curious about that, if that was really true. Is it true that there is no judgment here? And so, kind of being a little testy, I, was, I must have been like this when I was a kid. I decided to put something in the pool of peace that mm, maybe wasn't so pretty. So I collected some memories of my childhood where I would have felt some shame, maybe a part of me that I didn't want to necessarily sh- want to show other people. And so I kind of like crawled to the edge of the pool and I dropped that in to the pool of peace and I kind of came back and I sat down with my head down right? Because, you know, it's kind of feeling that shame and the embarrassment. Like, here I am with God, and I'm going to give God shame. (laughs) (laughs) And what happened was, it was like this gentle breeze came up to me and lifted my head up. So I could actually see what was going to happen. And I felt fine. I felt like this was a good friend that said, oh, it's okay, you're going to be fine. And so when I was watching what the pool of peace was going to do is it came up, out, and it met every aspect of that shame in the most gentle, kind, eloquent kind of way. It was just held with the deepest love and such grace. And every little piece of that was enveloped and dissolved together in one and then disappeared into this pool of peace, and there was absolute stillness. 
And when after I watched that, it was like this breeze came through me and it was like lifting, lifting me up. Like all those burdens were just suddenly dropped and gone. And I could feel my body, this airy body getting lighter and lighter. And I was just in awe. I never felt that kind of acceptance and love before that I could basically do no wrong. And so I was curious about this, right? This is like unconditional love I'm witnessing and experiencing. And so I thought, wow, this is a great opportunity to kind of like release it all, release all suffering, anything and everything that may have brought me down in my life. And so at that moment, I just thought I'd just give it all, everything, you know, whether that was regret or happiness or hopefulness or any sort of worthlessness, I just started to just pour it out. And what happened was over time is more, all of that was met in union, in oneness, and then dissolved. And it was like this, this love was just growing and growing and expanding. And at one moment I said, okay, there's one thing left. And dare I do it? Do I actually put what I felt in that moment, the darkest thing I could ever put in there? I said, what if I put anger and rage in there and all of its jagged edges? And I did. I said, well, why not? Let's put it all in there. And when I stood there and watched that, the pool just jetted right up and met with its, with all of its jagged edges, met that and met it completely. And it worked quickly through that and that every single crevasse and every single edge, every little bit of bitterness was met with this love. And it was like a complete puzzle piece fitting together. It was a do 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 Once that met everything, it dissolved right back into the pool of peace. And there was absolute stillness. Now, in this moment, I had nothing left. All I felt was this enormous union with this absolute divine love. There was nothing that this pool could not handle. And when I was sitting there and I felt so humbled and so grateful to have had this experience, I heard this very loud voice. It was like a vibration that came down, booming from above and said, this is divine love. And it was like a finger went right through my forehead between my eyes in the Ajna Center, and I like lit up this white star and just started flooding, all, flooding my mind with all these transmissions about divine love and how that can be expressed. And it was like an aspect of remembrance, Lee. It wasn't like I, I it wasn't something I, it's like I didn't know, but I did know. It was like awakening a memory of what love is really all about. And at that moment, I was just completely disappearing. I'm all in, just bathing in this love. Then out of the blue, my little Cora, see her face right in front of me. And she goes, mom, 
mom, remember, (laughs) you're supposed to be my parent. (laughs) (laughs) You made a promise to me. Yes, I did. And I looked at her sweet face and I knew I needed to come back. So it was her love that came to get me and it was my love for her that then brought me back. And at this point I could see my body. I was hovering over my bed and I saw Jesus next to our nurse, Tercy, who was praying. And Jesus asked me, do you want to come back to your body? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, okay, well, here's the thing you need to trust and take what you've learned from the pool of peace and bring that forward to all the people that you touch. And I said, yes, I promise. Now, at that point, it took enormous leap of trust because when I was going back into my body, it was very dark. I couldn't see anything. I didn't know where I was going, but I could hear Tercy's voice. And it was her voice that brought me back to my body because she kept saying, I'm with you. Can you hear me? Come back. And so once I was able to somehow find my body and I was back in my body, I I opened my eyes and there she was. Now, you said um, as you were floating above your physical body, you could see those threads of light on the tops of the heads of the doctors and nurses again. Mm. And that, that, that those threads led to the pool of peace. Yes, they did. How did you know that? Could you still see the pool? I could. Um, It was from a different angle. Instead of being at the the edge of of the pool of peace, I could see it and I could see the thread, the connection to it. And so what I could see was um, we have the ability to connect to that divine entity even in a human body, Mm. through this silver cord. It sounds like we are connected, that that that, that cord just exists as you saw it. You know what I love about this image of the pool is when people come back from a near-death experience, they often describe this uh, divine love as, as this brilliant light, white light, or sometimes golden light. But to get the interplay is much more difficult with that image in mind than with the pool. And I think it's because the pool of waters is so much more um, motherly and feminine and accepting. And you can, at least in the human brain, you can envision that interplay that you were experiencing, the giving and taking, the giving and taking more easily than you can with a, with a brilliant white light. Mm-hmm. That just seems like such a powerful image to me and one that we could, ordinary mortals could work with since we are, as you saw it, already connected. Yeah. And the one thing that I really came away with, too, is that our thoughts and our emotions, it's like it it holds an energy or a vibration and that this pool of peace was meeting that like the perfect puzzle piece. It was a mere image of it. And that love 
divine love has that capacity to meet completely. And it was the meeting and the union of the two, the compassionate love that dissolved things. And what I'm learning with that is that, you know, in my near-death experience, you realize while I was playing with the pool, I was releasing suffering. I was healing myself at the edge of that pool. And you had a second review, life review, didn't you? On my way back? Yes. Yes, I did. Oh, that's right. I did. And it was different. Tell us how it was different. (laughs) Yeah. So right before I was, when I said yes to Jesus, I was then placed in front of my movie theater in another life review. And I proclaimed, because I knew my timing was short because my body um, was, I needed to get back in that body. I actually proclaimed and I said, I wanted to do this differently. I wanted to do it from this divine love perspective. And what happened was there was almost like a rewriting of the, um, the script, the life script. And so I could see um, relationship shifting and contracts between relationship shifting in a different kind of way. Uh, I, I'm still trying to unpack that. But what I did realize is that um, I, I, because I learned something when I was in this near-death experience, this altered state, I didn't need to learn those lessons now in the physical form because I had learned them and I'm bringing them down with me. And so this next life or this next chapter is going to look different than the one before. Do you think that since it's a timeless place that you were coming from, do you suppose that freer life review, that second life review reflected changes not only in your future contracts with people, but also with the past. Do you suppose it cleared some of the problems that you'd had in the past? Yes, absolutely. It went in both directions. And so what, what I'm experiencing is when I strengthen my alignment, you know, that silver string up to the divine, um, it creates an aspect of presence in the current moment that, um, is truly in the now. It doesn't worry about the past or the future. And because of that, it shifts things. I don't repeat patterns from my past, right? If I'm worrying about something in the past or, or repeating an emotional tape over and over again, that's gone now. And so if I release that, then my current moment right now, I'm going to meet it differently in the current moment which creates a different future. Does this make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if it's healed past events karmically, let's say, then that would be an automatic correction. Mm-hmm. It would almost be like not willing that you're going to do better, but that you would just do better because, because the old pains had been given over to the pool of peace. Absolutely. There was resolved a hundred percent. Wow. Coming back, I came back from, you know, like for example, my husband and my mom and dad, I look the same person, right? I have the same body. I have the same voice. I look like the same Emily as I was before. However, my view has changed 
And so that was interesting how those relationships were all changing almost instantaneously because of that experience. So those, you know, quote unquote contracts changed. I could see that when I was coming back in. So that that's been beautiful. Those relationships have grown quite deeply in love in a new kind of way. You wrote, after each dissolving, I was blessed with increasing lighted love, grace, and joy, which penetrated through everything. In divine union, the distinction between me and the pool of peace merged as one. Now, you said, Jesus said, time is now, trust. What does that mean? Hmm. So now, meaning we have one moment, which is... um, this present moment and that's what we have, right? This current moment is right now. And when we trust um, into the divine, we're also surrendering something, right? We're surrendering, we're surrendering our fears. And in this moment, what I have noticed is the more that I trust and release my fears, the more magical life becomes in unexpected ways, unimaginable ways. Now, you had really bonded with your nurse, Tercy. Mm -hmm. And uh, you say she was my tether to find my way back. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mentioned that there were several angels around her. Mm -hmm. How how did they look? Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, yes, I'm still very connected to the angels. Um, they're, oh, you know, white, they're white. Um, they appeared to me in my vision with lots of feathers and they're there to protect us and to guide us. And they're so willing to help us. And they sing, they sing and they rejoice with these musical instruments when when we work with them and um, yeah, I, I had no idea, right? At that time before that, that Jesus was sitting next to her with all these angels working. They were supporting me having this process. So I had this near death experience and it was held in divine grace. It was like Tercy was there to keep my body working to a certain capacity so I could come back, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that was interesting is when I came back to my body, um, in that moment, it was like the doctors knew what was going on with my body. The operating room just opened up and the, the most highly skilled surgeon came on duty, It's all happened within minutes. And so it was like divinely orchestrated. Like, okay, now we got to, you know, take care of the physical body. But all these things all of a sudden came into place right there when I got back into my body. And to me, I was like, there's something else here, isn't there? (laughs) The divine orchestration. (laughs) Trust. Trust it. So the pool of peace is still available to you, right? Mm, yes, very much so. 
I'll be honest, you know, it took me a while to understand my experience and I'm still integrating on the, the physical plane, this non-physical divine essence, if you will, into my day-to-day life. And I do have access to the pool and it's through the heart, whether that's prayer or meditation, that's through the heart, I can access that pool anytime. And it still responds to you if you want to rid yourself of some pain? Yes. So what's fascinating about that, Lee, is that we can be our own pool of peace to ourselves, and that's called self-compassion. So what I've been learning a lot recently is when something comes up within me, uh, let's say, I don't know, irritation or something like that rises inside of me, if I can just see it as energy and acknowledge it and meet it with non-judgment and love and care within me in my heart, it'll dissolve almost instantaneously. And so what I'm learning is that we can heal pretty much anything within ourself through this self-compassion. And what happens is, is I, as I practice this self-compassion, my ability to love non-judgmentally grows, right? So I begin with myself and my own emotions. Then when I see another person who's expressing irritation, because I knew how to meet it within myself, now I know how to meet it with another person, with kindness, patience, and non-judgment. And suddenly that other person's irritation dissolves as well. And so there's this expanding understanding of how compassion works, and it begins within ourselves. And as we kind of strengthen that muscle, if you will, then we're able to actually naturally give it to other people. And this is where I truly believe heaven is on earth. It's really just It's a state of consciousness. It's a state of mind, but it's right here, right now, and we can access it anytime. I do believe that. Mm -hmm. One last footnote. You had written at age two, one of Cora's first sentences was, Mom, are you going to die again? (laughs) (laughs) Which means she understood what happened to you the first time. Yes, And what was so surprising about that is Cora had a hard time learning how to speak. And so this was really one of her first full sentences was when she asked me if I was going to die again. And so that really surprised me. Hmm. It was like she understood. She knew what happened there. Um, And that's still a mystery to me, Lee, to be honest. But what I did mentioned to her as I assured her that I'm not leaving, that I'm here to stay. And um, it was a gift to me too, right? Because by her asking me, it reaffirmed my promise that I had made earlier yes. to Jesus. It confirmed the whole experience. Really. It really did. Wow. Mm-hmm. Emily, it seems we are out of time for today. Um, 
How can listeners find out more about you and, uh, and, and the experience and the pool of peace? Mm-hmm. And why haven't you written a book about this? <laughs> because I think this is, this is of all the, of the many books I've read from near, near death experiencers. I think this is one of the most important experiences that could be oh. shared. Why, thank you, Lee. That's so sweet of you. Um, so I'm new to this, right? So I uh, I have a pool of peace written, um, which Claudia Edge is going to put into her new book, We Touched Heaven, which is a compilation of stories of near-death yes. experiences. And that's going to be released um, sometime this spring. 2021 um i do have a facebook i guess page my my own profile if people wanted to find me they can reach me that way and i have a lot of things written there as well from my experience or just insights that's come through me especially over the last year and a half and that's my dream lee to have someday have something written written on paper so May it be so. (laughs) It will be. I'm sure it will be. Thanks so much, Emily, for sharing the story and how it influenced the direction of your life. Mm. If listeners would like to hear this show again or any of our nearly 400 past shows, just go to NDE Radio and hit the Past Shows button. For more about IANDS, go to their website at IANDS.org and listen again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, For more NDE Radio, this is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.